Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the inversion of the flesh as we pick up in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And when you sit down to explain it, you just become frustrated because he can't understand it. And yet it seems so obvious and so clear. Why? Because you have been born again of the Spirit. You now have a spiritual nature, and you are alive and attuned to the things of the Spirit. For he which is spiritual understands all things, though he is not understood by any. So here was the beginning of the inverted process where man in obeying the lust of his flesh became a servant to his flesh. He was now ruled by his flesh and his mind was occupied by the needs and the desires of his flesh. And he came by, became by nature a child of wrath. And he remained that way until God made provisions through Jesus Christ for the process to be reversed. Now it is interesting that it was by the tree that man lost his fellowship with God. The choice, free choice of the tree that man lost his fellowship with God. It is also interesting that you still have a free choice. And there are still two trees. The tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we are always blaming Adam for making the wrong choice, but what about us? Who can we blame for the choices we make? God has provided again another tree a tree whereby that which was lost by Adam's sin can be regained by our obedience. The cross of Jesus Christ, the tree upon which he was crucified, is the door that can lead a man back to God. But you must choose to come by that tree. God does not force you. Even as Adam exercised that capacity of free choice in eating of the tree going away from God, God has ordained that you must exercise that capacity of choice by partaking of that tree of life through Jesus Christ and coming into fellowship with God. It's your choice. But the provision is made through the second tree, the cross of Jesus Christ, to reverse the process of Adam. Now they heard the voice of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Notice now, it isn't God hiding himself. It isn't God removing himself. It's man removing himself from God. God said, my hand is not heavy that I cannot save. My ear is not heavy that I cannot hear. Your sins have separated between you and God. Here we find the beginning of it. Man hid himself from the presence or sought to hide himself from God. 
And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Not that God didn't know. He wanted man to recognize it and confess it. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said unto him, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. This is the beginning of buck passing. <laughs> As Genesis, the book of beginnings. The first excuse. The first wife to get blamed for the husband's problems. Not the last. Blaming his problems upon his wife. The woman that you gave me. In a real technical sense, he's blaming God. You're the one that gave her to me. It's your fault. The woman that thou gavest me to be my wife. She did give to me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What have you done? And the woman said, The serpent <laughs> beguiled me, and I did eat, passing it on down. And so now, God's judgment upon man. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, and first of all it begins, or it ended. It begins with the serpent. The buck was passed to him, so God starts there. Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So its movement now upon its belly is a result of the curse of God. Cursed above all cattle and every beast. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Herein is the first promise of God for salvation that shall come. And the hint is that the salvation will come through a virgin-born child. For God is speaking of the woman's seed, which she does not have. The woman has an egg that is fertilized by the male seed. But God speaking of the woman's seed is indicating and hinting of a virgin birth. Later, God speaks of it more clearly in Isaiah. Behold, I shall give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, and he shall be great. And it speaks about his kingdom and his throne. 
And so God's promise back at the beginning of the sorrows and the calamity from sin is that the day will come when the woman's seed will bruise the serpent's head. The head always being spiritually a symbol of, of authority and power. The seed of the woman to destroy Satan's power. The authority of Satan. And so Jesus Christ has destroyed the power of Satan over our lives and the authority of Satan over our lives. However, thou shalt bruise his heel, a reference, no doubt, to the cross of Jesus Christ. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Notice how that God immediately associates sorrow with sin. Satan had associated pleasure with sin. Satan still associates pleasure with sin. The enticement into sin is usually held up as a pleasurable experience. Something to be desired as the fruit was a tree to be desired. And so sin looks very desirable. Satan always paints it in very beautiful colors as something that is good, something that is pleasurable, something that is desirable. But though he may paint it in these colors, God paints it in its true colors. The true result is sorrow, not pleasure. So God immediately begins to equate the sorrow that shall come. Sorrow in thy conception, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and the, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. This is different from dressing the garden and keeping the garden that God had given. Now in sorrow he is to take his bread out of the ground. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the vegetables of the field. And in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So your days are going to be filled with sorrow and sweat as you take your bread out of the ground that is cursed because of what you have done. The thorns and the thistles will come forth. They say that a thorn is an undeveloped blossom. Thorns and thistles. Stunted development. What a picture it is of the result of sin, the, how sin stunts our real development in our relationship with God. To me, it is quite significant. Jesus, who came 
who is God's ordained king over the world. King really over the universe, king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus, God's ordained king, when he came, was crowned with a crown of thorns. Where did the thorns come from? The curse of sin. He who came to bear our sin wore a crown of thorns representing the curse of sin. When you realize the mission of Christ at his first coming, nothing could be more fitting than a crown of thorns. When he comes again, it will be with a golden diadem to rule and to reign over the earth. And so God's curse upon the serpent, upon the woman, upon the man, upon the ground. And that is why Paul the Apostle teaches us that all creation is groaning and travailing together until now waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God to with the redemption of our body. The whole creation groans because of the curse of sin in the world today. Waiting for that day when Jesus redeems that which he purchased when he died on the cross. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and he clothed them. They sewed together fig leaves, showing an endeavor by their own works to cover their guilt. It was not sufficient. God gave to them coats of skins, showing that the covering of guilt must come by way of sacrifice, for the animals had to be slain by God for him to give to them the coats of skin. And thus was the beginning of the concept of sacrifice and the shedding of blood for sins. Later, God spells it out very definitely and clearly, saying, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Now, the curse had come, sorrow from sin, getting your bread with the sweat of your brow. Man would be foolish enough and stupid enough to run back into the garden and grab the fruit of the tree of life so he could go on in this miserable condition. To save man from himself and his own folly, God drove him out of the garden and put the cherubims to guard the way lest man would return and eat of that tree of life and live in this miserable, sorrowful condition because God wants us to live on an earth which is renewed under the authority and power of Jesus Christ. And it is in that world 
sorrow is gone, sin is gone, that we will live and reign with him. But God had to protect man from, him, from himself. The cherubim there is not really as the judgment of God, it's the protection of God as God protects man against his own folly. It would be horrible to go on living forever in these corrupted bodies as a result of sin and in this corrupted world that has been corrupted by sin. And so God protected man. But ultimately God transplanted that tree of life. And now it is in the midst of the paradise of God. And Jesus said to those in Ephesus, To him that overcometh will I grant to be with me in my kingdom, and he shall eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And we are told of the tree that grows on either side of the river in heaven with 12 manners of fruit, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There's a lot about horticulture that we do not know. There's a lot about our bodies that we do not know. A lot of interesting things in store for us as we follow after Jesus Christ who will bring us into that age where sin and its resultant curse and sorrow will be removed, where we might live in a world that God intended to begin with, a world that is ruled by Jesus Christ in righteousness and in peace. A, rule that, a world that will not be governed by greedy men and destroyed by the greed of man, but rather living together in beautiful harmony. The whole realm of commerce will be done away. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye and drink. Eat bread without money. The whole thing freely again receiving, just dressing the garden that God creates. So that which was wrought by Adam's fall, the potential of restoration is in Jesus Christ. And those that are in Christ shall enter into the kingdom and we will live and reign with him forever. But it's your choice. You don't have to. Now, the other place that God has prepared is not so comfortable. He really didn't prepare it for man. But you have the choice if you want to go there. He won't stop you. He'll try. But if he would stop you, then the fact that he gave you choice would be meaningless. So ultimately, you can be stubborn and resist every endeavor of God to stop you, and you can end up there. But you can't blame God for your being there. He has done everything short of forcing your will to have you a part of his kingdom. But it's your choice. It's an awesome choice. It's a choice each of us make for ourselves. It's an inescapable
inescapable choice. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Genesis on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Genesis 3 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you for your love and for your Holy Spirit who has come to reveal thy love to us. We thank you, Lord, for the power of choice, though sometimes we are almost frightened by its awesomeness when we realize the capacity that we have in choosing eternal destiny. But we thank you, Lord, in the midst of it, that we find that you have also made choices. And we thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us and ordained us that we should be your disciples and that we should bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us as we seek to understand more fully your plan and your purposes. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Fill your heart with an understanding of his love. Fill your life with the fullness of his spirit. May he watch over you and keep you. And may the good hand of our Lord be upon you to bless you and prosper you in his way as you walk with him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device such as your cell phone. What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, this is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their books so you can share the good news with others. 
If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks, you can call the Word for Today Customer Service Department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.